Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast as we get ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. Got to get that super in there because it's just so spectacular and stupendous. All those S buzzwords that we're dropping here. Steve Buchanan, Julian Edlow here going to get you ready for this Wild Card Weekend board. But of course, before we get there, we're going to get to Odds Are with Johnny Avello, get his insight on the sportsbook, the ins and outs from the past week, including the national championship game, if you want to call it that, from Monday night that uh, Julian was able to watch with his minus 125 favorite for Georgia to win it all. Never was a doubt. Did TCU score first or or not? No, Georgia uh, stopped TCU immediately, went down and scored. Um, so it was never a sweat. And then got a field goal to go up 10 nothing. It did. TCU got it to 10-7. And that's all she wrote. And then Georgia scored 55 in a row. As you can tell, I had a lot of insight into that game because I don't even know who scored first. So no need to ask me who or what happened in that one. Um, so we're going to get to that. We'll hear what Johnny has to say about that there as well. And then we're going to quickly go through the board here through each of these games, any plays that we like. We record this on Tuesday afternoon. So obviously by the time you're listening to this, a lot may have changed um, by then. But at least now, at least we're going to give you our analysis, kind of a quick overview of the board. Before we get to that real quick, though, week 18 recap last uh, last week of the regular season. Pretty successful for both sides here. Uh, I kept rolling with Seattle, excuse me, with uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, um, getting that minus two and a half against the Cleveland Browns. The Steelers did everything they needed to do to make the playoffs. It didn't end up falling their way, even though it almost did. It almost looked like the Patriots and Dolphins were both going to lose. So actually, uh, Pittsburgh was almost able to sneak into the playoffs, but the Dolphins were able to uh, take the win in that groundbreaking, uber, uber exciting, what was it, 10 to 6 win over the uh, the Jets? 11. Uh, yeah. Safety. <laughs> yeah, Safety was... spread buster. Oh, right. oh closed, my... closed Jets right. plus three and a half, and it was going to be yeah. three, and then the ridiculous safety. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, angry people on Twitter for that one, and rightfully so. That has to be one of the worst ways you lose because that was covering for essentially the entire game except for the final seconds of that yep. game. So It was a cover besides the final score. Brutal loss. Glad that none of our best bets included Jets three and a half because that obviously would have been a late second loss. Uh, what were, were your you, results? Did you bet anything besides Pittsburgh? That's all I took last week. I was not in the, any capacity to be taking anything else. Uh, just betting on the teams that I needed to win. Pittsburgh was one of those teams, and that's what I rolled with. My my best bet for each day. I went four and two with my best bet for each day losing. Those were the two losses. Um, obviously, my best bet on the the sweat the Sunday show that we do. If you guys were able to watch, that was uh, Seahawks Packers money line parlay. Yep. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, classic frauds, um, don't win big games. That was honestly, you know, my analysis there was 
correct that if and when the Seahawks won, the Packers would grow as favorites. But it just that just made the Lions more dangerous playing with house money, honestly, just going for the win, playing spoilers. You could tell with the play call, the like hook and ladder they run at the line of scrimmage. Yep. They were they were just uh they were playing with house money and it and it showed against a tight Packers team. On Saturday, I gave it out on this podcast. I went for the Mahomes passing record, needed 430. I think he had 180 at halftime. Yep. And he finished the game just above 200. They barely threw the ball in the second half. I was completely wrong. They did not go for it. Um, but I got the Derrick Henry rushing yards over. I got the Broncos at minus two and a half. They got they blew up to minus six. Um, got them at two and a half, which worked out. The Bengals Vikings teaser worked, and I was also on the Steelers along with you. Um, so yeah, I, successful I, week eighteen, but it could have been better. I do want to point out one ridiculous play that I did call out on the sweat that actually did hit. I was going to text you about that. I, I went back really late and realized that you were correct on this. Colts Texans highest scoring game on the slate, longest odds on the slate, twenty to one, and literally for the reason saying. Defense is not going to be here. Pick sixes all over the board. Literally, what happened? If I could pick more of those, if I could pick more of those games more often, I wouldn't even be on this podcast because I wouldn't need to work anymore. But so be it. Uh, those hit every once in a while. There's my 2023 version of Robbie Ray. We uh, we are we are done for the year. I can stop uh, stop working. Okay, we're gonna get to Johnny Avella with odds are than after that. We're gonna be breaking down this super wild card weekend board. All right, you heard the music. You know what it means. Time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, how we doing? Oh, excellent. Thank you, guys. All right, so before we dive into uh, the NFL scene with the regular season wrapped up, postseason finally here, we got to touch on the college scene. The college football season wrapped up on Monday night in the national championship. Uh, congratulations to anyone who had the alternate line, UGA minus 57 and a half. You cashed it because it was a 58-point game. That was TCU, magical story. They were out of their weight class by a wide margin. Uh, Kirby Smart kept saying on the broadcast, or he kept hearing the broadcast say, let's leave no doubt. That was a no-doubter. So, Johnny, take us behind the book here. How was the result on the the side and total for DraftKings Sportsbook? Well, tremendous handle, largest of all time by quite a margin. Uh, No shortage of big wagers. Six-figure wagers were quite common with the abundance of those wagers being on the Bulldogs. Uh, The largest wager of $1.5 million was on the TCU money line. That was Mr. Mattress Mac uh, taking the money line wager at plus 370. Now, how did we do on the game? Very well. it was an excellent college football season, and we're looking forward to week one, 2023, when LSU meets Florida State, Florida plays Utah, TCU opens up against Colorado. And then how about any props from the Natty here? Any big wins for the book or the public coming from this game? Uh, there weren't any positives for us on the Georgia side. Uh, Georgia minus seven first half. Stenson Bennett over one and a half, two and a half touchdowns. They both cast as well as Bennett first TD score. Bauer, McConkey props were all good for the betters. The one TCU prop that we lost on was Max Dugan uh, scoring a touchdown. But other props like 
Duke and touchdown passes, uh, yards, TCU total points, everything else related to the Horned Frogs just went up in smoke. All right, so that ties a bow on the college football season. NFL regular season now behind us. Uh, before we focus on the individual games and results, Johnny, what were some of the biggest winners and losers for the public when it came to futures, whether it be win totals, divisions, or even just the, the season-long player prop market? Yeah, I'll give you a little of all of that. Uh, on the win totals, the betters made money on the Jets over five and a half, Lions over six and a half, Steelers over seven and a half. Um, we did well on the Pats, Raiders, and Saints. All of those were eight and a half wins. Neither got there. Uh, on the division winners, Jags, Eagles, Vikings, they were all good for the public. Ravens, Colts, and Rams, all good for the house. Uh, on the props, what was good for the better was Diggs over 99 receptions, Prescott under 4,350 yards, Stafford under 4,500 yards. And good for us on the props, the ones that did not get there, Najee Harris over eight and a half touchdowns, uh, Trevon Diggs over four and a half interceptions, and Julio Jones over 550 receiving yards. And then let's just talk about the results from the book for week 18. Obviously, it's one of the hardest weeks to kind of decipher, like Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Great example here. How long are they going to play their starters? How long will they be in the games for? But a lot of people like to bet on those teams that need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive, which a lot of those teams did. But the Packers were one of those teams that did not. Was that Did that break up a lot of the parlays that we had this week? And were the Packers a win or a loss there for the house? Oh, boy, did it. You know, you're right. Yeah. Players... The, bet, the betters do like to play on uh, teams that need to win. The Packers game uh, made the day. It was one of the biggest wins on a single game all year. Uh, the Cowboys losing was another goodie for the house. as the, uh, And the Eagles uh, not covering, that was another one. Uh, you know, that Eagle game went 14 points movement from the opener, which is incredible to see on, a, on an NFL game. Um, the public did do well, though, on the Bills, the Bengals, and the Vikes, all teams that were favorites and were expected to win. All right, Johnny, let's take an early look at the wild card board. Uh, six games, obviously, spanning Saturday through the Monday night game. Uh, where's some of the early money been going here? Uh, they like to surge in 49ers early over the Seahawks, who they beat twice during the regular season. It laid that nine and a half up to 10. Uh, they're taking the points with the AFC South champs, Jacksonville at home. That's now Chargers one after opening up a two and a half point favorite. Uh, both the Bills, Dolphins, Ravens, Bengals games are in a wagering holding pattern until the betters get a little more clarity on who the QBs are going to be for the two underdogs. Um, the Vikes at home minus three, getting some lukewarm play. Uh, and the Bucks also at home receiving three points. Uh, that's the choice. That game is now down to two and a half. And then anything you feel like has the potential to make a big move by kickoff, obviously barring any injury news that we get throughout the week. That would be the Bucks. They're going to continue to get yeah. play. Uh, that money line was a dollar thirty. That's now a dollar twenty. We'll probably see lower. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags go off a small favorite in their game. And the Giants could come down off that three to two and a half. And that money line will certainly shorten up 
plus 135. It is now. I just see giant money coming in by the weekend. So let's talk about the futures board for a second, because obviously we have all off season and summer to, to get your plays in. You have the course of the season, obviously. The book stays open on all of these to get your plays in. But the one thing that you don't have during all that time is clarity. Now we know this is what the bracket's going to look like. This is who's healthy. This is who's not. This is who's playing who. So since we we got the bracket pieced together on on Sunday, have we seen any uh, you know big plays on certain teams, whether it be to win their conference or win the Super Bowl? Now that we just have that clarity of this is who these teams are going to have to get through to get there. Uh, the Niners to win it all, and especially the NFC. That price in the NFC is now down to plus a buck eighty. So they just love this team. Um, there's still some believers in Tampa Bay. The 28 to 1 to win it, uh, Super Bowl. And the new kid on the block, Jacksonville Jags. Uh, they're seeing some action at 50 to 1, Super Bowl, and 20 to 1 for conference. And then we'll wrap it up here. We know the draft order officially. The Texans lose the number one pick to the Bears. Lovey Smith may be giving a middle finger to the organization on his way out. How's the handle on the number one overall pick been so far? Yeah, pretty steady. Um, we've taken Bryce Young money, but I'm not unclear, uh, really unclear if the Bears are going to take a quarterback. I don't right. think they've given up on fields just yet. So the plan might be to get some additional draft choices while picking up maybe uh, you know, a stellar defensive end like Will Anderson out of Bama. We'll see, though, guys. This draft is always a very, very tough proposition for us bookmakers. I mean, I, I don't think we've won yet on it in our four years of existence. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Please keep them coming. We love draft props. Um, they are profitable for the betters, like you just said. Uh, so we'll get to that one. I'm sure we'll have a podcast on it uh, come April, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but that'll do it this week for Odds Are with Johnny Avello. We hope to keep talking to you throughout the postseason and get more information during the NFL playoffs. Johnny, thanks as always for joining us. Thank you, guys. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And thanks, as always, to Johnny Avello giving us an inside look into DraftKings Sportsbook. Now we're going to be breaking down the board here for Super Wild Card Weekend. Obviously, there are games sprinkled all throughout the weekend. we got two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then Cowboys and Bucks wrap it all up on Monday. Before we even get into the place, are you a bit underwhelmed about the schedule? Because I am. Like... I usually am really stoked for playoffs. Wildcard weekend is probably one of the better weekends for NFL playoffs. This feels really underwhelming. Yeah. Um, like, are there are there more than two so, games? Are there more than two games that you look at and you go, I need to see this game? Well, so first of all, one, two, three, half of them are division matchups. So it's the third yeah. time we're getting that matchup this season. Two of them have touched double digits as we record their nine and a half Buffalo yeah. over Miami and San Francisco over Seattle. So 
I now they're single digit favorites now, so we have to get technical here. But if you want to go, I think a lot of people are afraid to lay the ten points, um, including myself. And I also don't want the dogs. But if I and if I bet if you made me bet a dog, it would be Seattle, which is weird because I I love San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but if you go back to 2010, double digit dogs in this wild card round are 11 and three against the spread. Sorry, double digit favorites. Double digit favorites are 11 and three against the spread since 2010 in this round. Yep. So these games generally do turn into blowouts, um, which again, maybe could be underwhelming. Then we've already seen Bengals and Ravens, which I think as we're recording ticked from six and a half to seven, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken. I was going to give out Bengals six and a half. <laughs> oh, well. Um, then we have Giants at Vikings in Minnesota, which we just saw yeah. a few weeks ago. And it ended on a last second field goal and the spread is three. So it makes it a really hard game to pick. Yep. And then a pick em game between the Jaguars and Chargers is kind of weird. Although you do get Herbert and Lawrence. And it kind of all then amounts to a Cowboys against Tom Brady game right. on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, it's it's a weird slate, and I our job is to have opinions on it, and I'm struggling to try and find opinions on it, but we're gonna we're gonna do just that right now. <laughs> and I, I think too, especially when you when you mentioned the double digit spreads, is I think a lot of people got burned last week by one of those spreads with Eagles and Giants, right? Like. True. That was essentially uh, the Giants game covering wise almost the entire way. And even after Philly got up and was covering for a little while there, the Giants came back and quickly scored again. So it's like in a game where the, the Eagles had to win. They had to win this one. Going up against the Giants, really, practice squad, they weren't able to cover cover the double digit spread. Now, granted, I think it ended up closing at sixteen. I think it was. I mean, that's that's just an egregious well, spread. To begin with. I mean, it touched seventeen. Yeah, so sixteen and a half, seventeen. But when you're talking about what you know, maybe argue to be the one of the better teams in the NFC, if not the best team in the NFC, uh, not able to cover against the Giants practice squad, there's definitely going to be some recency bias there. So you see nine and a half for the Niners against Seahawks. You see nine and a half for the Bills against the Dolphins. It's tough this week, but, you know, like you mentioned, we're here to have opinions. We're going to give opinions, and let's start kind of blowing through these here, um, starting with that Seahawks and Niners mm-hmm. game. Uh, I, I am definitely on the Niners' side for this one here. Um, you know, in a game last week where the Seahawks was – it was essentially a playoff game for them. Uh, they were they were struggling last week. They, they did not look good last week, and really the only thing that I thought looked good last week was, was, was Kenneth Walker and the run game. The run game is not going to be a focal point of this offense in this game against the Niners who have a strong run defense. So now you're kind of putting this on the shoulders of Geno Smith with DK Metcalf, you know, Tyler Lockett dealing with that uh, separated or or broken finger that he has. I don't see a lot of paths for the Seahawks to win this game. Um, And I think this could be one of the games where we do see that blowout and the Niners do end up covering that nine and a half point spread. So I do like the Niners in this spot. They're the, uh, that that's the only team that I like that's in that double digit range. So obviously, you know, kind of not loving the bills at nine and a half, but I think the Niners are definitely in play uh, as, as against the uh, Seahawks at minus nine and a half. 
Um, I'm looking at the props. I, I can't do anything with this game. I can't lay nine and a half. I San Francisco could definitely blow them out. I can't do it in a divisional game for the third time. Seattle's kind of sneaky. Um, I But I don't see the Niners losing. So uh, we can get to teasers and money line parlays after. I want to look at Christian McCaffrey because Seattle is not good against the run. No, they're really bad against the run. Now, he only had 10 carries for 45 yards against Arizona, but before that was 19 for 121 against Vegas, and they played at Seattle week 15. He had 26 carries for 108 yards. Um, So his rushing prop, 73.5 on DK Sportsbook. I think that's pretty viable. Um, I would consider taking McCaffrey on that number at home against Seattle. And last I looked, you can we can bet, you know, leading passer, leading rusher of the postseason. We think this Niners team is going to go deep. I think a lot of us see a Seattle, uh, or sorry, a San Francisco at Philly AFC or NFC title game, right? Uh, McCaffrey's like plus 550 to lead the postseason in rushing. Um, I don't hate that angle either. I kind of do. Okay. Debo Samuel's back in the mix. He is. Debo Debo Samuel is going to not cut into the workload of McCaffrey, I would say, but it's another body to feed and it's another important body to feed in that offense. Now, you know, we obviously have seen McCaffrey without Debo Samuel, you know, was averaging just under 25 touches per game when Samuel was out. You know, are they really going to try to get him in more involved talking about Debo Samuel in, in, in this outlook here. And what does that mean for Christian McCaffrey? Cause obviously, you know, Debo Samuel is kind of like that, you know, Swiss army knife of the offense. He can do a little bit of everything as can McCaffrey. Um, so I do worry about that a little bit here in this game. Now with the idea that this could be potentially a blowout, maybe this is where they can get some uh, Debo in a little bit more. Cause he wasn't overly involved in the game last week as he really didn't need to be. I think it was just kind of get his feet wet once again, but I do think that that's an element that we have to think about here uh, moving forward that because Samuel is back in the mix. Fair enough. Any other thoughts on this one? Um, no, I think, but I, I, I do definitely like the Niners minus nine, minus nine and a half in this one here. I do think that's one of the better plays this week. And then obviously you can, um, um, depending on where this closes out, that could be potentially a teaser piece too as well, teasing them down. If it gets to eight and a half, I'll gladly – if it gets eight and a half, I'll gladly tease San Francisco and Cincinnati. Uh, do, you, um, do you think it's going to get there, though? I don't, I don't think it's going to no. get there. I don't either. Yeah. So let's go to Saturday night. Chargers open minus two and a half point favorites in Jacksonville. As we record, they're one point favorites, minus 120 on the money line. It's touched to pick them. Um, and as Johnny told us, John, he said that they he could see uh, Jacksonville as a small favorite. Or did I hear that somewhere else? And I'm just getting confused. Um, I'm not going to say that. Somebody told me today, whether it was Johnny Avello on this podcast that you're listening to, and I can't remember. It could have been like the cashier at Target for all we know. (laughs) Could have been. I was there today. Um, I have a hard opinion, um, going with Jacksonville in this game. Sharp money's going to be there. Sharp sharp money's been on the Jags all, all year. 
Um, and they had a, they wound up being, being right. This team was worse than its record in the early going and picked it up late and got into the postseason, even if it's in a crappy division. I just think a lot of these uh, models and whatnot that have the chargers at a certain number, it doesn't account for the fact that they've finally gotten healthy outside of Mike Williams getting carted off in a game that was completely meaningless. That was probably a poor coaching decision to have those guys out there. Right. But outside of Mike Williams, this team is healthy and it's playing a lot better. Jacksonville is not the scariest place to go and play. It's the side that two thirds of the money is on. It's going to be the public side. If I bet this game, it would be the Chargers money line, though. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this game has had the most movement on the spread since it opened. This was minus two and a half in favor of the Chargers when this first opened. Obviously, as we record this now, so, it, afternoon. Uh, so that would be a one and a half point move. And technically, the Bengals have now moved one and a half two from five and a half to seven. Okay, so those two games have had the two biggest movements thus far, but the Chargers were two and a half point favorites now down to one as we record this Tuesday afternoon. Um, I I would not be surprised if this does close as a pick overall. I think these are two pretty overly matched teams. They match up well against each other. The only thing I do worry about is that the Chargers secondary has been really, really strong in the second half of the season. And this is a Jaguars team that is going to want to pass the ball and does pass the ball a lot. Whereas the Jaguars secondary has not been all that great. And the Chargers have a lot of passing options that they can go to. I will even lump Austin Eckler into that uh, grouping as well. I would love, I I would love if Mike Williams was good for this game. Yeah. Yeah. That would really, I think that would really put the, that would help me. That would help probably push me on to the Chargers. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I think this is going to be a wait and see play for me right now. But I do like the idea of if this gets up to, you know, one and a half, I would like teasing the Jaguars up to seven and a half. I do like that a lot because I think this is going to be um, a really close one. So I would like getting the Jaguars up to seven and a half if we can get there. Um, But I do worry that this could end up being a pick and this. We might not see that one and a half. It could just sit at where it is. That's fair. Um, I'm just scrolling through, scrolling through props as we, as we go. There's nothing really. Nothing really that jumps out to me at at the moment. Um, let's see for the receivers. Eckler's 38 and a half receiving yards. Um, that's not too bad. Keenan Allen's up there at 75 and a half. Yeah, this would this would be Chargers or Pass for me. Um, kind of a tough game, but it should be a good entertaining Saturday night game. That's, that's honestly the one I'm looking forward to the most out of all, of all these games. That's the one I'm actually looking forward to the most. Yeah. Um, all right. One that probably not as many people are looking forward to because the Dolphins just aren't anything special to watch right now. And that'll get you the Sunday 1 o'clock game in, in Buffalo. Um, we don't know who the quarterback is, but I, uh, you know, and this will date as our podcast is out for the week, obviously, and we know these things, but I'd be surprised if it's Tua um because they gave no thought to him playing last week and last week was a playoff game for them essentially so it it doesn't seem like he's good to go um i would be shocked if the bills didn't win this game but they're nine and a half point favorites so there's only so much that you can do with them minus 460 on the money line um 
so yeah, I, I don't have many opinions on this on this game. Um, are you going to have any plays on it? I mean, it just feels egregious to even talk about making a play here without even knowing who's going to be quarterbacking for the Dolphins, right? Right. Like it's, it's you know. Well, put it this way: if I told you that they're that that Miami was going to start Tua, what would you do with this game? So if they're starting Tua, I would I would have to say that what's the spread then? Seven and a half. Sure, seven and a half, eight and a half. Does that do yeah. anything for you? What if it's Skylar Thompson and it bounces back to ten and a half? Yeah, I still couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a tough, it, it, it's a tough board. This, is, this, this is definitely the downfall of recording this early in the week. But it's like I, I, I don't have anything on this one really. Honestly, I would say, regardless of who the quarterback is, I would be interested in under forty six. I think that's a that's a play that I could okay. say. I think that's a play that I could say I'd be interested in. Um, regardless of who the quarterback is, even if it is Tua, I can get I on board with that. Yeah, I can get I, on board I, with under forty six if I'm betting anything, any yeah. single play on this game. Yeah, uh, but this is definitely a stay away from me. It's you know this would be something that we could break down better if we were talking later in the week. But as it is right now, like I don't feel right saying I'm going to take the Bills and then it ends up being Tua. You know what I mean? Because then when I'd be comfortable taking the Bills at nine and a half with Tua, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So give me under 46. That'd be my play for this one. All right. I'll tie this game into something when we get to Baltimore and Cincy. But um, the Sunday mid-afternoon game, Giants returned to Minnesota where they lost on that 60-something yard field goal. (laughs) Spread is Giants plus three. Uh, The Giants are probably going to be public. You know, there's no secret that the Vikings – probably weren't as good as their record. Even if winning one-score games is a skill, they still got pretty fortunate. So I think a lot of people are going to be fading the Vikings, and that means betting on the Giants, who are – we don't know what the playoff Giants are going to be. They've never really – they haven't been in this situation in a long time. This specific team, obviously, has has not been in this situation. Right. Uh, but they should be very well rested. I – would play the public dog if I played anyone in this game. Um, and bigger, sharper bets as we record are on the Giants plus three. Um, I would play the Giants plus three. I, I still don't trust Kirk Cousins in this spot. And I think the Giants are a much, much tougher team. So if I do play anything in this game, it'll be the Giants plus three because we we just saw the matchup. I think they match up really well with Minnesota. Yeah. Um, the defense can cause problems for Minnesota. If it was outdoors, like I would love the Giants. It's obviously indoors in Minnesota. But I think the fact that they just went there and played there and it went down to the wire is an advantage for the Giants. And now they can go and do it again and maybe get over the hump. Yep. I would love for this to get up to three and a half just because how many times have we seen that the Vikings could burn us on a three spread? Yeah. Right? So Push you I- on a three. Yeah, so uh, I would love, love, love to get this a three and a half. Uh, and then I think I would pounce on the Giants at that point. Um, but regardless, I'm with you 100%. I think the play in this one is the Giants. Uh, do worry about all the luck that the Vikings have endured all season long, whether it's, you know, I mean, what, what's it? They're like 11 and one or something, like obscuring like these one score games. Like it's like stupid. Yeah. Like, it's it's insane, like the the amount of uh, 
of luck that this team has had. And at some point it's going to bounce in the other direction. And that's exactly why I'm like, I'd love to get three and a half, right? Cause yeah, sure. You could push on three, but like, if I'm trying, I'm trying to win this bet. So I'd love it to get it at three and a half. That's definitely where my stance is with that one there. And then if you tease them up, you get them at nine and a half too, which is, which is great. I'd love to get that too as well. So I'm going to try to, um, Right now, it doesn't look like there's really going to be any shift because it's pretty split down the middle in terms of bets and um, and money. But yeah, as the week progresses, if that three and a half pops up, I'm definitely taking the Giants at that point. Yeah, this is one of those spots like it, uh, the Vikings are kind of like TCU was this year in college. They kept winning games they weren't supposed to win as sharp bettors were going against them. But then they so they get in and then they still beat Michigan. And it took them to get to Georgia for them to kind of for everything to catch up to them. So maybe the Viking, what scares me is maybe the Viking, it's not like the giants are this big daunting task. Like it's still yeah. the giants. They're unproven. They're not all that explosive. They, the Vikings could still squeeze one more out. Yeah. And if they do, then I'll just go against the Vikings in the next round because it's yeah. going to catch up for them eventually. It's going to break at some point. They're not going to win at all. Let's put it that way. Whatever, yeah. however deep they make it, I'll keep taking the other side. We'll, we'll <clears> win <throat> eventually. That's such a crap mentality, but we will win eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they if they win, there's a chance they could catch like Brady in the yeah. next round. Yeah, so we'll get to that game. Um, I've bet the Bengals minus six and a half. Can't give that out now because it's seven. Yeah. Uh, this game, I don't get this game. Like, Lamar Jackson's supposed to come back and be fine. He hasn't practiced since December 4th. I, I know. And this I game's going to be played on, what is it, January 15th? Yep. And it, it's a leg injury. So it's not like, what is he going to come back and run all over the place and be fine? Nope. I don't care if it's Huntley or Lamar Jackson. And I don't care that these two teams played last week and the Bengals won. And the Ravens got to sit their guys that part, the, the Bengals know this Ravens team. They're familiar with them. They beat them both times last year. So it's not like they're hiding anything here or by not showing them their game plan last week, Baltimore, I mean, that that gives them an advantage. Cincinnati already knows Baltimore. Yep. They're going to uh, go back to Cincinnati where they lost last week, play more of their guys, but I think lose, lose again. I think that the Bengals are too hot right now. I would lay six and a half with them uh, if it gets back there. Not wild, about seven. The one thing I wanted to throw at you, and I think I think a lot of people will do this because there's some big favorites and it carries your action throughout the weekend and gives you something to sweat. Niners, Bills, Bengals is minus 110 on the money line. Right, which one, which one loses? Niners, Bills, Bengals is your standard minus 110. Yep. Who loses? Probably Bills. Wow. <laughs> I would be shocked if the Bills lost. I will say this isn't a good spot. Sorry, sorry. Are you talking about losing outright or just or not covering? No, loses the game. Oh, loses the game? This is a money line parlay. Okay. Niners, okay. Bills, Bengals on the money line parlay is minus 110. Who loses? I I don't have a good answer. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't. If this is one of those things where it's the playoffs, and like you can't. I can't tell you who it's going to be, but it's going to be one of them. Like that's kind of how you answer it. But like, if there was, man, a, I don't see the Seahawks, Dolphins, 
or at or this stage Ravens, what they are now. If you asked me a couple months ago, can the Ravens win a playoff game in Cincinnati? Sure, but now, no. Like if you're asking for like my strongest outright winner, it is the Bengals. Because I feel like, and it's so strange, like you said, that the Ravens are going to do whatever they can to trot Lamar Jackson out there. And it's like, well, if Lamar Jackson's injury is the injury is, is to something that literally is like the crutch of his offensive, you know, you know, what, what he's strongest at, which is running. If he's not going to be able to do that efficiently, then what do you have? Like an average passer at center. Then if that's the case, then why not just use Huntley? Right. right. Like it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So um, six and a half, like you said, is, is where I'm looking to get this at. If you didn't get it earlier in the week, then, you know, hopefully this will come back down to that and you can get that. But like that felt like such a statement win for the Bengals last week. They were really pissed off about the coin flip debacle. They wanted to put that to rest. They didn't want all that, you know, it was ridiculous what was happening to them. If they, even though it came down to that, but um, now they just put a stamp on it, right? Now you really just knock out the Ravens for good and, and, and move on. But they had no answers for Joe Burrow last week. They had no answers. For, he was hitting all these different receivers, like Mixon had five catches. Uh, Chase had like over 80 yards. Tyler Boyd was getting involved. He had five catches himself. Um, Hayden Hurst, like he was hitting all these different receivers. They just had no answer for it last week. And that's on a week where, Burrow only had 215 passing yards, but like not a lot of pressure or anything like that. They were using Mixon a lot in the run game. I just don't think the Ravens are going to have an answer. And the, and the Bengals are so much healthier. So it's, you know, I'm actually surprised this is only at seven. I'm not complaining, but I, I, this is like, this might be a blowout for me. This might be that blowout game of the, of the playoffs. Yeah, so I I echo what you said. It's Bengals for me. Um, I will loop back to the Bills real quick because I threw out that money line parlay. This is a bad spot for the Bills because they had the Hamlin situation happen in Cincy, kind of distracts their week. Then they get the good news and they are on that high, return the opening kickoff, return two kickoffs, take care of the Patriots. Now all that kind of goes away a little bit and um, – you get a down week. It's, uh, I'm saying it's a down week. You're prepping for the playoffs, but it you don't have the buy anymore. You got a Dolphins team with maybe a third string quarterback coming in. It's a little bit of a letdown spot for the Bills where reality kind of catches up to them. And if they were playing some hot team, like if they had the Chargers coming in or something, I would say take the points with the Chargers. It's just that this Dolphins team doesn't do it for me right now yeah. that I, I – I can't get there on the Dolphins. Yeah, but this is by no means a good spot for for the Bills. I don't think. I will say this being at home for the Bills though is what would kind of where I'm not kind of on the same page as you. If this was a road game for the Bills, sure maybe, but this being at home for the Buffalo against a warm weather team, eh, <laughs> I, I don't think I can get on the same page with you. Monday night finale: the Dallas Cowboys have never beaten Tom Brady. Tom Brady is eight this is, and nine this year. This is such a wrong team favored situation. I agree with you. Um, and the, so does the public. It's come down off the three number of uh, key number of, what did I say? Three number of three. It's come out, come down from the key number of three to two and a half even money as we record. So the two bets that I've placed that I was going to give out, Bengals minus six and a half and Tampa plus three, both can't be given out. 
Um, yeah, Dallas just really, we want to talk about Tampa limping down the stretch, really just limping all season. They weren't that good. Um, yet people are still betting them. It's come off the key number, but Dallas, you almost lose to the Texans. Uh, you, you don't look that great against the Tex, uh, the, the Titans and Joshua Dobbs's first start. And then you get smoked by uh, the Commanders in a game that they have nothing to play for. Dak Prescott tied Davis Mills for leading the league in interceptions, and he missed five games. Right. He's That's not playing that well. He's not that well protected. Uh, the defense has issues in the secondary, and you're playing against Tom Brady at home. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to be like, Tom Brady, home underdog in the playoffs. you got to play it. I know, but I also think it's the sharp side. We've been saying all along, like, this Tampa team doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. But watch, they're going to win a playoff game. That's true. Over the last five weeks, the Cowboys have faced the Texans, the Jaguars, a Gardner Minshew-led Eagles offense, a Titans offense with Dobbs and no Derrick Henry. Right. And the commanders with Sam Howell. Yeah. Over that span, they have allowed 27 points per game. Over I forgot about span. I forgot about the, the Jags comeback. They were in complete control of that game, too. Yep. So you have the Texans scoring 23, almost winning that game. Jaguars dropping 40. Eagles dropping 34 with Minshew. Titans only 13, but still. And Commanders dropping 26. And holding the Cowboys to 6. You're telling me I'm now going to take the Cowboys as the favorites? In this? Against Brady at home? You say what you want about Brady. They have been they were the worst cover team in the league during the regular season. I think it ended up at 5-11-1. Uh, I think it ended up being... It's just off the top of my head. I'm probably wrong, but it was bad. Um, okay. But I will take Brady as a, is this the first? Uh, probably not. I was going to say this probably, no, this can't be the first time he's been underdog in playoffs. No, definitely not. Oh, no. Was, was he an underdog against the Titans in his last game with the Patriots? No, they were favored. Um, they were favored. So he's, they've been an underdog. I don't, They've been an underdog on that Super Bowl run uh, a couple times. Yeah. But yeah. that's why I caught myself. I'm like, ah, that can't be true. But I don't know if. Um, and they were an underdog, obviously, in the Super Bowl against against Mahomes. But oh, I don't know right. if Brady. I don't know if Brady has ever been a home underdog in the playoffs. Yeah. That sounds more believable. Needless to say, regardless of what the answer is, um, I will take the Buccaneers. I'll take them on the money line. I mean, any which way you want to give me the bucks in this game, I will happily take it um, at this rate because I think this game could see the most movement before kickoff when before, you know, Monday's kickoff, this is the last game playing. But uh, I would say if you are interested in the bucks sooner rather than later is what I would probably say. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. So yeah, I mean, Brady, I'm trying to find Brady's overall record as a underdog. I have it somewhere. I'll retweet it. But yeah, it's around like over 60%. 
against yeah. the spread. Uh, and this is a different Bucks team, and the defense isn't that good. Um, but the, like you said, you laid out the Cowboys last five weeks, and it's not good. So, yeah, yeah. Tampa. Tampa for me, I, uh, that should be a public and sharp spot in, and, in and, and, and truly like when you talk about those last five weeks it's the quality of the opponent which makes it like so concerning right like if they were if they were playing a, a super stress schedule fine like they're not they haven't been playing like if you looked at that schedule if this was week one and you looked at the cowboys schedule and you looked at that you, for the last five weeks of the season they should easily go four and one over that span easily go four and one in that span maybe the losses to the eagles but like all of those like that's just horrible. They've been that bad over that span. It's, you know, and now, and now the, um, looks like Brady and Evans are back on the same page. Forget it. Right. Forget it. No way. Give me the box. Are you kidding? I will say though, if the Cowboys do prevail, that will definitely probably be the biggest public <clears throat> loss on the board for sure. During this weekend. <sighs> And then there's a chance Tom Brady could be playing like at Minnesota the following week. Then he's in the NFC championship game. <laughs> there's your path. See what happens. Uh, okay. Before we wrap, I do want to ask you, um, like I said to Johnny, like I was curious if there was any big money coming in on futures now that we're at the point that we have an actual bracket. So is there anything futures market wise that you, um, that you like? Um, I think if you're looking at like overall winner, looking at, I, I mean, God, the bucks are, tw- are 28 to one. I know I might put a small bet on them. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't realize it was that long. I have, I mean, to be fair, I haven't really looked at this yet. Um, it's so early in the week. I'm just kind of more focused on the lines, but good Lord. I mean, they're sandwiched in between they're those. Ten, they're ten to one. Do they're uh, sandwiched in between the Chargers and the Ravens? Like, come on. They're ten to one to win the conference. Yeah. God, here we go. I'm gonna get sucked into this. <laughs> All right, so I think there might be a little bit of value on the Bengals. I see them. Yeah. I think they're just as good as the Chiefs and Bills, and those are plus three fifty and plus four hundred teams, and the Bengals are plus eight fifty to win it all. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. So yeah, I uh, think- Josh, Josh Applebaum gave it on the show on Sunday. You could got him at 10 to one. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so let's, I guess, give that out as our consensus Super Bowl plays. If we were going to play it plus eight fifty Bengals and plus 2,800 bucks. Yep. Um, seems like some value. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely with you. I think I think I mean I I've been a uh, Bengals backer since Joey B has really come on board. So pretty I think much, this is, uh, I think this is the way to do it. Uh, I'm looking at something real quick. Go ahead. Uh, because you can do uh, when a team is eliminated, you can do that as well. Yep. Um. So, um, for the Cowboys to lose in the wild card, you're actually getting a a little bit of a difference here. It's plus one thirty five for that, where the Bucks money line is plus one twenty five. So, so you've you've exposed an, an error there that bit. will move at some point. We'll see yeah. how quickly Samir gets this podcast out, and if that number's still there, there's a better way to get Bucks money line at a better price. So I'll, um, so I'm, I'm probably going to tweet this immediately, and then they'll switch. But not a huge <laughs> I, difference, but it's a difference. So you can also get 
Super Bowl exact results, you can get, um, I'm going to look for Bengals over Bucks. Do you want to guess the number? Is it great? Is it outrageous? Plus, okay, plus 11,000. Oh, I wasn't even going to be close to that. I was going to be like in the 60s. <laughs> wow. So um, if you wanted to put, ten, if you like our futures, we say Bengals and Bucks. I think yeah. we'd probably like the Bengals in the game. If you bet 10 bucks on the Bengals to beat the Bucks in the Super Bowl, you're bringing back 1,100. So there's your little scratch ticket. We've gone so far off the rails. We need to stop because we'll literally. Be we usually ready. don't do this. We like yeah. to keep it simple. We don't give these things out at all. Yeah. Um, let's, let's 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 stop it here because we'll be here for another hour. Okay. I'm gonna end the podcast. I'm gonna go bet ten bucks on the Bengals to beat the Bucks in the Super Bowl to win eleven hundred bucks. Um, and we'll be back to talk to you on the Unreasonable Odds podcast next weekend when that ticket is lost because the Bengals <laughs> or Bucks have lost, and uh, we will be on to. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs uh, for Steve Buchanan, for Julian Edlow, for producer Samir. Thank you guys for listening to Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings, and we'll be back next week. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you know anyone that has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 